This episode of the Columbia Basin Herald's Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the Moses Lake Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber works to help businesses in and around Moses Lake flourish through networking opportunities, member-to-member savings for products and services, and connecting businesses with the resources they need to make Moses Lake a wonderful place to live, work, and play. For more information, visit moseslake.com or call the Chamber at 509-765-7888. Again, that's 509-765-7888. Well, I'm Columbia Basin Herald Senior Reporter Charles Featherstone, and I'm here with Senior Reporter Cheryl Schweitzer and our sports correspondent, Ian Bavona. And we're going to yak at you a little bit today about events in the Columbia Basin over the course of the last week. So why don't you kick us off, Cheryl? What's important? Take it away, Cheryl. Yeah, kick it off. (laughs) You also cover sports, so. (laughs) Um, Probably the the most important story that we covered last week was the announcement by American Medical Response, which which provided ambulance service to a lot of the incorporated areas in Grant County, um, unincorporated areas in Grant County. Mm -hmm. I may have said that wrong. Um, announced they were pulling out, um, and the county is in negotiations with a new provider, Lifeline Ambulance, which is out of Wenatchee. Okay. Um, AMR cited increasing costs that a lot of these these fire districts and stuff just couldn't absorb. Sure. For the reasons that they um, are dropping out. Um, other things that happened this week. Well, we had the uh, Business Expo, the Moses Lake Chamber of Commerce, which, you know, um, holds its annual Business Expo, and they had it. It was spread across two giant buildings um, at the Grant County Fairgrounds. They had the 4-H building and the commercial building, and it was quite the the shindig. It was a March Madness theme, so everybody dressed up, basketball stuff, and they had little basketball games and giveaways and... It was uh, it was quite the evening. It was quite the evening. Um, a lot of networking. A lot of first timers. Um, the 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 piece I wrote, I tend I focused on the people who were there for the very very first time, like uh, Kevin Farias, the young man who has the window cleaning business. Twenty two years old, cool. started his yes. own business. Gosh. You want to work for somebody else? That's what he said. Well, and I can't say I blame him. Yep, can't say I blame him. And you. Speaking of events, oh, last yes. Saturday, you put your musical chops to work at Bruce and Tunes. Can I, you tell us about that? I did, yes. I, um, I I trotted out my ukulele, and I played and sang a mess of songs from the first few decades of the 20th century. Um, my set was about 40 minutes, and they had me scheduled for five hours. So <laughs> I ran through it a couple of times. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping to be able to do it again. We'll see. Um, but Bruising Tunes was actually quite the day. There were lots and lots and lots of people there. It was just a big event. Um, I didn't. Bigger than I, you anticipated. Yeah, I hadn't realized that Bruising Tunes was that big a deal. That there were just that many people showing up. That much music played. That much beer. There was and 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 and, and the Moses Lake Distillery actually um, also had a, a at uh, Love and Lumber okay. did samples of, of whiskey and vodka. So their whiskey is quite good, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, I'll I'll take your word for it. Okay. Um, one other thing that happened this week was a counselor, former counselor, 
with the Moses Lake School District filed suit against the district claiming discrimination and unfair treatment. Um, Dana Santos is her name. She worked at Frontier Middle School and claimed that when she was working on a um, an assembly for the high school and the junior high that she thought she was unfairly treated okay. and demoted to a different job. She resigned and now she's suing the school district. She filed suit, um, I believe, last week. Okay. And the district has not provided a response yet. And when we asked for a comment, they basically said they couldn't comment. So when when they file their response, that's going to be their right, comment. Their comment. The frequently how it is how it is anymore. Yes. So. And I think that's it. Oh, the Quincy B Street Market is looking for volunteers to help, not only this year but to kind of keep it going. The two ladies that founded it about five years ago are moving on to other things. One of them is going to have a baby right when the market starts, so okay. she's kind of busy with other things, and they need some people to help them transition, get the market going, keep the market going. Her name is Chelsea Putnam, and her phone number is 509-699-4588. Excellent. And this next segment of the Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the readers of the Columbia Basin Herald. The paper serves the entirety of Grant and Adams counties in central and eastern Washington, which has strong traditions in agriculture, industry, and taking care of one another. The Columbia Basin Herald is grateful to our readers for their support and to our advertisers who support our efforts to keep the communities we serve informed. All right, Ian, what's going on? All right, well, this week we actually had our spring sports preview come out. That was on Wednesday. Uh, basically ran through uh, the schools in the area, kind of talked a little bit about one of their uh, base, one of their baseball, uh, softball, tennis, anything that's spring sports related. So uh, today on the podcast, I'm just going to go really quickly through, kind of touch on the highlight points from each story, um, kind of the big uh, the big notes I got from the, the, co- the interviews with all the coaches and players and all that good stuff. So we'll go alphabetically. We'll start with ACH baseball. It's, easiest, it's the easiest to go that way. Uh, ACH, they, uh, they, they tied for third place in the 1B boys or in the 1B baseball state tournament last year, but they lost a lot of seniors, like many of the boys' sports at ACH last year, uh, or for this year. So they've got a pretty, a pretty ro- a, a roster with a pretty, uh, pretty good amount of new faces there. Um, they lost a lot of stars. Like I said, they lost the league MVP from last year. But they still have a little bit of experience uh, returning, but they're younger players. Uh, they've got three returning starters back and a couple of seniors who um, who, have, who played about half the games last year, their, uh, their head coach, Hunter Lee, said. so. But Lee also said that uh, he's good, they're, they're looking forward to surprising a couple people. You know, uh, Some people think it'll be a down year, but he thinks they're going to be pretty good once they, uh, when they hit the field again this year. So moving on to Afraid of Softball, one of the things I noticed that Afraid of Softball, when I went to a practice there, they just have such a strong sense of team chemistry. You know, everyone's smiling when they're out on the field, you know, laughing, joking around, but they also get serious when it's time to get serious, which is a big thing in sports, obviously. Um, they also, their team, uh, kind of the opposite of AC, they only lost one senior from last year. So they're returning the same, the same solid core of players to this year's field. Um, I know their head coach, Heather Wood, was saying how they want to get back to state. Uh, they didn't make it last year, but they made it the last time there was a state tournament in 2019, before last year. Um, so they're looking forward to getting back there. Obviously, uh, 
the CWAC's a pretty tough league with softball. We'll talk about a fellow softball later. But, um, yeah, we'll see if they can do that. Just the, the strong bond their players have was the real big uh, the big, the real big note from their from their story. It's just so cool to see how everyone gets along there. And then moving on to LRS baseball, uh, they've got a really good group of returning players as well. They've got ten returning players. One of the big things they lost last year was pitching. Uh, Owen Telecki was a pitcher they had last year who is now playing collegiate baseball at Dort University in Iowa. I believe that's where it is. Yeah, I, I believe that's where. Yeah, so uh, he's pitching there now. So uh, this year it's going to be more of a pitching by committee approach, uh, <laughs> according to their head coach, Jason Hilzer. Uh, they said uh, sophomore Jace Kelly and senior Chase Galbraith are going to be their kind of two uh, lead guys on the on the mound, but they're also going to have some of the, the younger players fill in the role as need be. They've got a couple of new guys who uh, played or ran track last year. Who now came out to baseball, and uh, one of the big things they have is just with their speed that they have uh, from the players. Uh, one of the things that stood out during their jamboree was how their ability to make contact with pitches. So, and their head coach, he said that with their speed, they're going to be stealing a lot of bases. It'll be exciting baseball to watch. And then for Moses Lake softball, uh, they finished one game shy of state last year. They lost in they lost in the district championship and then lost in the consolation round to I believe it was West Valley um, they have a really good uh, group of returning players they're also the only team in our coverage area that plays slow pitch softball in the fall and so that gives them the ability to work it's obviously different uh, you know you're swinging at different pitches and all that but it's still it's still the same defensive strategies it's still the same base running so it gives you that extra 10 weeks or so of experience and a lot of the same players that play spring softball also plays softball in the fall. There's a couple of volleyball players that don't, but even them, the volleyball players, they're still at practices whenever they can. They're still in the dugout during games whenever they can. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch Moses like softball this year. They only lost one senior, so it's still uh, like that same core of girls that are going to be out there this year. For Moses like Christian baseball, this is their second year after about a five-year hiatus. Um, they have they have five returning starters. And uh, one of the things that their head coach, C.J. Cheatwood, said when I was talking to him, he just said that the players' attentiveness and wanting to learn was kind of a big standout for them, just kind of how interested all the players were during practices and how engaged they are. They just want to get better, and that's obviously mm -hmm. something you want to see out of the team. And now, uh, like I said earlier, Othello Softball, they're a really good team. They took second in state last year. Uh, they're coming back really strong. They lost three starters from last year's roster, but the, uh, their head coach, Rudy Cho was saying just how they've kind of seamlessly filled those roles, uh, just kind of keep moving. You know, Othello has a very strong softball tradition. Mm -hmm, definitely, and uh, one of the things that they changed this year was their scheduling for non-league games. So they're trying to play teams from really all over the state. They want to play some teams from the west side to get that they just want to see faster pitching. Mm -hmm. So they're scheduling a lot of 4A schools, a lot of 3A schools that made it far into the state tournament and had really good seasons last year just to get that good mix of strong pitching because that's something they didn't really experience last year that he said uh, until they got to state. So, But once they saw that state, they're like, okay, now we need to prepare for this more going into this year. Um, but and yet they still finished second. Yeah, they still finished second. And that second place finish is a big motivator for them. They want to be the ones at the end of that state championship game lifting the trophy. 
So we'll, I mean, we'll see, we'll check it out, but they're off to a really strong start this year uh, as it is. And for Royal Softball, they're another team that made it to state. They made it to the 1A softball tournament last spring. Uh, they're looking to go back and get further at state. Um, they lost in the first round last year. And they actually, it's kind of funny, they, uh, their head coach, Lisa Lawrence, was saying they couldn't cancel their hotels from the state tournament, so they decided to stay throughout the, mm -hmm. the entire thing. Uh, so they got to experience kind of what it was like. Obviously, they weren't playing, but you get to see it with your own eyes and kind of visualize you know, yourself out there and all that good stuff. So they got that experience of kind of seeing the whole tournament played through, and now they want to do it themselves. So, uh, yeah, good luck to them this year. So Soap Lake Tennis... This is the third year that the program's brought, been brought back, um, and the players are really excited, especially their younger players. So what they've had the last couple of years is some of the middle schoolers, they'll mm -hmm. just kind of sit around practice. They can't play for the team, but they would have uh, competed during practice and kind of worked oh, with wow. the team. And now those uh, middle schoolers are now freshmen. And their head coach, Lee Lavelle, he said he's so excited for the future because these players are going to be really good, he said. Because <laughs> they've gotten this, uh, this experience the last couple of years, and this year, this is going to be more and more and more because now they get to play during actual matches. Mm -hmm. So it'll be exciting to see what they can do this year. While Luke Boys Soccer, they're another team who made it to state last year. They made it to the 1A uh, Boys Soccer Tournament. Uh, they lost in the first round, and they lost a lot of talent last year. Uh, I think it was around 10 seniors that they ended up losing, and a lot of that was on that defensive line, whether it was starters or uh, second-string guys. So that's going to be the big focus for them early in the season. I was actually at one of their games earlier this year, too, and you can kind of see how uh, their head coach, Salem Lopez, he's putting a lot of guys in to kind of just get the experience out there, uh, see who's really filling in well at certain positions, moving guys around throughout the course of a game just to kind of see where players have the best fit. So it'll be, kind of, it'll be interesting to track that throughout the year, see who, who ends up playing at different positions at uh, different moments of the season. And then our last spring sports story, uh, it's Warden Softball. Obviously, they've had, a, they've had a lot of experience of making it to state. Mm -hmm. um, last year, they made it to state as the two seed, but they lost in the first round. Um, so one of the big things that they're looking to accomplish this year is kind of getting more in touch with the mental side of the game, uh, and, you know, not letting the pressure get to you, and just kind of going out there and play ball is what their head coach, Randy Wright, said. Um, so, yeah. I do think you also talked to the Quincy soccer coach. Oh, yes, I did. I completely forgot to write that down. Good catch, Cheryl. <laughs> Quincy, uh, Quincy boys soccer, they're another team who had a high seat at state, and they lost in the first round. That was a big disappointment for them. But their they lost uh, They lost a solid their solid, uh, their starters on the defensive line, but they're coming back this year even more motivated to go further at state. One of the things that their head coach, Francisco DeFoya, said to me was, uh, when you get the, the top four seed at state, you host the first two rounds. Mm, so okay. losing in the first round, you still have to host the second round. So they weren't, Ouch. yeah, they weren't <laughs> too thrilled to see uh, you know other teams playing mm. on their field when they want to be playing there. So that's the big uh, motivating factor. Yeah, you want to get that top four seed to host both the games again, but you want to win that first game. Uh, they lost that game last year to Seattle Academy three to two. Um, mm. Seattle Academy came back to win in the second half. I think it was either tied or. Uh, it was a one-goal lead for Quincy at halftime. But that's the big motivating factor. They have the returning Caribou Trail League Player of the Year in Jorge Nunez um, and just a really good, solid core of returning players. So they're a really good squad. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch them throughout the year. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much, Ian. 
The Studio Basin Podcast is produced by the Columbia Basin Herald, a local newspaper serving Grant and Adams Counties in Washington State. Our publisher is Clint Schroeder, and our regional general manager is Bob Richardson. Our managing editor is Rob Miller, and our reporting staff consists of senior reporter Charles Featherstone, senior reporter Cheryl Schweitzer, staff writer and paginator Joel Martin, staff writer Rebecca Pettingill, and sports reporter Ian Bavona. The Columbia Basin Herald is published five days a week in print and online. The paper's website is www.columbiabasinherald.com. That's all one really long word. To provide feedback on the paper or the podcast, please email us at editor at columbiabasinherald.com. Thank you very, very much for listening, and we'll talk at you next week.